All right, guys. Welcome back to another edition of the Detroit Sports Betters Podcast. I am Mac Wallace from Detroit Sports Betters, and we are now in week 14 of the NFL season. And as many of you already know, we talk the NFL on this podcast each and every week, but it was also a huge week for college football and an even bigger week for the state of Michigan because the Michigan Wolverines officially won the Big Ten Championship over the Iowa Hawkeyes and punched their ticket to the college football playoffs. And if you are a longtime Michigan Wolverines fan like me, you've endured the Rich Rod era, the Brady Hoke era, even the Jim Harbaugh era at times. This is what you've been waiting for, and this makes it all worth it. I am so excited for the Michigan Wolverines to face off against Georgia. Again, this is this is what you've been waiting for. The Big Ten Championship is what it's all about. The college football playoffs is what it's all about. And we will talk a little bit more about the college football playoffs in a little bit. And we will also recap week 13 picks and plays. But before we do, got to talk about a new Detroit Sports Betters partner in prize picks DFS. And before I get into it, I have to shout out the Detroit Sports Betters community because I've seen you guys posting it on Facebook's on Facebook, on Facebook, Twitter. You've been DMing me about it, asking questions. And again, I just want to say thank you because you guys are so receptive to the new partners that we bring to the community. And, you know, Prize Picks is a very new DFS style sports book. I think they have like 17,000 followers on Twitter, you know, in comparison to DraftKings, to FanDuel, to those guys. It's very small. So again, I appreciate you guys taking the time to download the sportsbook, giving it a shot because it is a very unique style sportsbook because it's built off player point prop parlays. You know, you can run two, two legs, three legs, four legs, or five, but the payout structure is very different than that of a traditional sportsbook because if you run a five leg, a four leg, or a three leg, and you lose one of those legs, you still get paid out and make money. Like you actually make money still for losing a leg. So it's really cool. Your money goes a long way. I deposited last week and I haven't had to deposit once. And if you guys even go to my Twitter at Conanus Picks, you'll see that I have a lot of prize picks uh, posts that have already won. I've been focusing on the NBA with prize picks a little more just because, you know, on the podcast, we're so NFL centered and the YouTube is so NFL centered. And I'm still a huge NBA fan. And you guys know you've seen my same game parlays. You've seen my player point props that I post. I love the NBA and I'm, I'm pretty good at it as well. So um, again, with prize picks, they have that very unique payout structure that, again, it keeps you alive a lot longer. And even if you miss that leg, you know, how often do we see people posting one leg miss parlays on the Facebook page? This, their, their structure or their payout system for prize picks is kind of built off that. It still gives you that opportunity. And then again, if you don't want that structure, if you don't like that, you can still go with the traditional sportsbook style payout, where if you hit all of them uh, with a five pick parlay, it's 10 to one. If you hit all four of them, it's five to one, you know, so you still have that option as well. And again, they did hook us up with a promo code and our promo code is DSB. And if you use the code DSB when you sign up, you get a hundred percent money match up to a hundred dollars. And again, guys, uh, your money does go a long way with prize picks because if you miss one or even two picks, you still get paid out some money. So I highly recommend checking that out going forward. I will be posting a lot. They are going to be looking, uh, to give unique opportunities 
to the community as a whole, which giving like free bets and stuff like that. And that's something that's nice about them as well, because they're, they're smaller, they're newer, so we can build with them and we can get unique opportunities for the Detroit sports betters group. So again, highly recommend checking out prize picks DFS and please use that code DSB when you sign up, but let's get into week. All right. We got to recap week 13, which guys, you know, uh, I had another bad week. I did. It was two in a row. I went one and four in week 12. And in week 13, I think I went three and four or three and five. So it, it was not good. I do apologize if you took my picks. You know, I never want to give losing picks. And uh, going back to strategy, this is why single game picks and plays will be your bread and butter. You will be the most consistent with it. And this will be the best way to build a bankroll because, you know, we are now, I believe we're 44 and 25, 44, 26, somewhere in that range. And again, you know, we had that run where we went 22 and five over four weeks. And now we are on a two week run where we're five and eight, you know, so this stuff happens. And that's why it's so important to do single game bets and sprinkle in those parlays, like, you know, with a $5 bet or a $10 bet. Because I'll be honest with you guys, my unit is generally $100. I bet $100 per game. And over the course of the season, I am up around 20 games. So, you know, that means you're up around $2,000 on the season. So from there, if you have a bad week, like what we have, you already have that bankroll developed. So, you know, going five and eight the the past two weeks or four and eight, whatever it may have been, that's a $400 loss. But that bankroll has already occurred. You have already built that. So you have around $21, $2,300 that you are up on the season and then you're taking from that. So again, guys, I never like to give out losing picks and plays you know, but this stuff does happen. This is part of the game. If anyone tells you they're hitting at a 75% rate throughout the season, they're lying, even a 70% rate. Like you guys heard me discuss it when I was, when I was above the 70% threshold, that is very rare. It doesn't happen too often. So again, like it, it's just part of it. You just take your hits, you lick your wounds and you move on to the next week. Okay. So again, if you're one of those people and, and you have a negative week or you had a a bad week in week 13, you know, have that same attitude. That's why we do single game picks and plays. We move on to the next week. This stuff happens. Even, even the individuals who do this for a living have negative weeks. A lot of the guys who do this for a living are hit at around 62, 63% too. So, and, and that's just how it does. And anyone who's, who's telling you other is just wrong. Okay. So again, bad week, we move on, we look to rebound in week 14, but we are still way, way up on the year. We're still hitting at around a 65, 66% rate, even after those two weeks. So again, let's look to week 14. We got this. It's time to rebound. And we are going to start off with Thursday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers facing off against the Minnesota Vikings. And I really like the Vikings minus three. This is actually one of my favorite plays of the week because I love taking those teams who, after they have that ultimate high, you know, I picked, that was probably actually my only 
probably my only good pick last week was the Steelers taking the Steelers over the Ravens outright. And, you know, they won. They had that ultimate high. It was a big, big win for them. Now they have an ancient quarterback and big Ben Roethlisberger. They're traveling to Minnesota. He's already banged up. They're on that ultimate high. And now it's time for that letdown. I really, really do believe that. If you take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule, their first big win of the year was against the Buffalo Bills. And I also remember that because people are tweeting at me like, oh, you said Pittsburgh was going to be so bad this year, blah, 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 look at them beat the Bills. Um, Pittsburgh sucks. Pittsburgh still sucks. I don't know. Are they 6-5-1 and one now? Like, I really, I don't know how they've even won that many games. This is not a good team. Big Ben looks terrible. And I think most of you would agree with me. And when they had that first big win against Buffalo, what did they follow that up with? a loss to the Raiders at home. And we all know how the Raiders are as well. Now, on the other hand, we look at the Minnesota Vikings who just just completely embarrassed themselves against the, our own Detroit Lions, but shout them out. You know what I mean? Shout them out. We got our first victory. We are not going to be a winless squad. And, you know, Jared, Jared Goff drove them down the field and, you know, scored as time expired. And I think if there was a way that the Lions were going to win, that was going to be that way. I don't know. Like, I had no clue how we would get a win this year. But if I were to picture one, it would be as time expired against someone like the Vikings, who's an up and down team, very inconsistent. You know what I mean? But again, getting back to the Thursday night football game, I think, you know, Big Ben is just he just can't do it like he did. He's his body can't recover like he once did. Um, he doesn't have the arm strength. He's missing throws. This offensive line is giving him a little trouble. The Pittsburgh Steelers rushing defense as well has been one of the worst in football. So this is just not the Pittsburgh Steelers that we have known, you know, from the past. This this defense is somewhat sketchy. Yes, they can rush the quarterback very, very well. They're one of the best teams at getting to the quarterback, as are the Minnesota Vikings. But in terms of rushing defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers have actually become pretty bad. The Vikings aren't much better, but I have more faith that the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins can move the football through the air against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in turn, I do think that the, the Minnesota Vikings can get to Big Ben Roethlisberger. Again, both teams have top ranked um, pass rushers in terms of getting to the quarterback, quarterback pressures, quarterback sacks, things like that. When you get Big Ben off his spot, it's it's very tough for him. So again, I like the Minnesota Vikings here. It's a minus three spread. I think this is a good spot for them to bounce back. And then the Steelers on top of that are 0-4 against the spread when coming off an underdog win, which is what occurred against the Baltimore Ravens. So again, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers come into Thursday night football. They're a little banged up. Big Ben is achy. He's tired. And I think Minnesota uh, takes advantage of that. You know, Minnesota is at home. Once again, an embarrassing loss to the Detroit Lions. And I think they rebound against the Steelers. All right, moving on. Next, we have the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to face off against the Washington football team. Right now, that is a plus four and a half spread for the Washington football team who is at home. And that is exactly where I'm going to be going in this one because the Dallas Cowboys currently are nine and three against the spread in the NFL, but they started the season seven and zero, So that makes them two and three over their last five. As for the Washington football team, they are five and seven against the spread, but four and zero against the spread in their last four also winning 
all four of those games. So the team's trends are very different at this point in time. And, you know, I get it. Taylor Heineke, you know, not the most trustable quarterback in the world. But if you've been watching this Dallas Cowboys team as of late, they are. They're very inconsistent and they're more so inconsistent on the offensive end. And the Washington football team has been playing actually very good defense. You know, I understand Dallas has had some injuries. They've had, you know, they've had CeeDee Lamb out. They've had Amari Cooper out. But all in all, Dak Prescott has not looked amazing as of late. I think they need some time. They need some reps. They need some games together to get back to where they were. And I don't think that's going to be against the Washington football team on the road. You know, Washington has become one of those, one of those teams who's tough. You know, they beat the Green Bay Packers, you know, potentially the best team in the NFC right now, uh, other than the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think Tampa Bay just looks too good. They're still... They're still my number one team. I think every team is beatable currently, but I still do have the Tampa Bay Bucks here. You know, and uh, back to this game, though. In addition to that, there's going to be more shuffling on the Dallas Cowboys side. You know, Mike McCarthy comes back to be the head coach of the team coming back from COVID. Don't know how smooth that's going to go. You know, his play calling has not been amazing as of late. And, you know, again, this is a, a four and a half spread. The over-under for this game is 48, and I personally expect this to be lower than that. Both teams have struggled offensively, and I think the Washington football team has been the better team defensively than the Dallas Cowboys. So in turn, do I expect the Cowboys to win? Yes, I think I do, but this is a rivalry game. This is a very important game for the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, this is a, a division, the... Uh, the Cowboys with a win can essentially secure this division. If the Washington football team wins, they're still in the hunt. And, you know, they're right on the, the Dallas Cowboys tails. So, again, I think this game will be close. I think it'll be within that four and a half point spread. And in all honesty, I would not be shocked to see the Washington football team come out with this. I really would not. I think the Dallas Cowboys are just as inconsistent as they have been in years past. And, you know, th this is a trend with the Dallas Cowboys. They have done this year after year after year where they almost, they almost trick you. They make you think that they are very good and then they just start falling off. And I can almost hear that Stephen, a, <laughs> that Stephen A. Smith laugh in my head, laughing at the Dallas Cowboys, because this is just a different season for them. You know, they're not running the football very well. And the Washington football team is a team that clogs the run. So again, they're going to force the Dallas Cowboys to become predictable. I understand that they have all those weapons, but you are far easier to stop when you are predictable. So again, I'm going to side with the Washington football team here. Too big of a game, rivalry game at home. Four and a half is a good amount of points. Give me the football team in this one. Moving on, we have the Atlanta Falcons going against the Carolina Panthers, and I'm sure there are some of you out there who are rolling your eyes hearing me bring up the Carolina Panthers, but uh, I don't know why, but I'm on them again. I just think it's another good spot because, you know, you look at this Atlanta Falcons team, then you look at this Carolina Panthers team. For one, the Panthers are coming off a bye, which could be a huge boost to them because, for one, Cam Newton came in. You know, he started those two games with very, very limited reps. Who knows how much he knew of the playbook? Did he look terrible? Yeah, I would actually consider it probably one of the worst NFL performances in the history of the NFL. It was that bad. 
But on the other hand, you look at the Atlanta Falcons and who in the world do they have that can move this football? They can't run the football for anything. You know, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, and then they have no one to throw to their number one receiver is Russell Gage. That's just absolutely absurd. Kyle Pitts, you know, he is their only weapon, but it just makes it so much easier to center on one guy when you literally have one weapon. And then on top of that, the Carolina Panthers are a top 10 defense in the NFL. This defense intercepted Matt Ryan twice in their last meeting. They also held the Falcons to 13 points in that matchup. So again, I just think this is a good spot for the Carolina Panthers going against an Atlanta Falcons team that has struggled so hard the last four weeks. These last four weeks, the Atlanta Falcons have combined for 41 points total in four weeks. And now they're going against a top 10 defense in the Carolina Panthers, a team that is really looking to get right and to get a win like in the locker room for this squad. The Panthers just fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady. And, you know, generally when that happens, it's you're calling out the team as well when you fire a coach like that. So I do. I think I think they respond. They come they come off this by. Cam Newton has a little more time to gel. You know, they know they don't have Christian McCaffrey back, so they're going to have to implement Shuba Hubbard, get him acclimated with Cam Newton. You know, DJ Moore, still one of the more talented wideouts in in the entire NFL. Player for player, the Carolina Panthers are the better team here. It's minus two and a half. They're at home. They're facing a struggling team. So again, I'm going to be on the Carolina Panthers minus two and a half here. I totally get it. If you are a little gun shy with the Panthers, but I am not, you know, it's, it's, it's a week by week league. You got to take advantages of the, take advantage of the spots when you have them. And I think this is a good spot for the Panthers. Moving on. We have the New York giants on the road to go against the LA chargers. And that is currently a minus 10 spread for the chargers. And that is exactly where I'm going in this one. And, you know, they're going against a New York Giants team who has an offense that has been struggling mightily over the past four games. And uh, over those past four games, they have scored 13 points just once. Okay. And now they're going against the Chargers team. You know, I had the Chargers losing last week to the Bengals. That was a big win for the Bengals or a big win for the Chargers. Honestly, I don't know what the Bengals were doing last week. And that was a pick that really upset me. You know, it was 24, nothing. They bring it all the way back. It's 24 to 22. And Joe Mixon has one of the worst fumbles I have ever witnessed in NFL history. It was literally like, he just like spit it up and was like, here, take it, go for a touchdown. And then that was the end of the game right there. That was, that was pretty disappointing in that one, but now I'm going to be siding with the Chargers and that minus 10 because this this LA Chargers team has been very up and down, up and down throughout the throughout the entirety of the season. But, you know, they have had stiff competition throughout that. You know, they have they have matchups where you can very easily win and then come off and you lose the next one. This one is a little different. Now they're going against a New York Giants team who they don't even know who is going to be the quarterback. Daniel Jones isn't going to be the quarterback. Mike Glennon still needs to clear concussion protocol. So if not, Jake Fromm, I believe he's from the practice squad, he's going to get the start, you know? So, I mean, when you're going against a quarterback like Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon, whoever it may be, this New York Giants team is going to have a ton of difficulty 
putting points on the board. And for a team that has scored over 13 points just once in their last four, now they're going against an LA Chargers team who has the ninth ranked offense in all of football, led by Justin Herbert. You know, you guys have heard me say this, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, Austin Eckler, way too many weapons for a New York Giants team that just really doesn't have any, you know, and it's, it is when you become one dimensional like that and you can't throw with Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm, whoever he is, I'm, I would assume they're not going to be able to throw with him either. The only thing that slightly worries me a little bit is the chargers run defense. Again, you've heard me talk about this many times, but due to game flow, if the chargers can score first and get the giants behind they're going to win by 10 points. There's no way the Giants can keep up with this. The Giants will not be able to run the football if they're already down on the scoreboard, okay? So because of that, I like the Chargers here. I like them at minus 10. Not a ton of science in this pick. It's just a really bad team with no quarterback. They're not going to be able to move the football. Going against a solid team with one of the better offenses, one of the better young quarterbacks in all of football. Um, you know, and any anytime there's Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the outside, you're going to have missed matches. So again, Chargers minus 10. I like that one a lot. Moving on, we have the Las Vegas Raiders facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, this is a Kansas City Chiefs minus nine and a half spread. I'm going to be taking the Raiders, actually. I'm going to be taking the Raiders plus nine and a half. And a lot of this just has to do with, you know, what happened last time? You know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely spanked the Las Vegas Raiders in their first meeting. I believe it was 41 to 17, somewhere, somewhere in that range. But in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs win streak, throughout their win streak, that was their only time scoring more than 24 points. And that was against the Las Vegas Raiders. If, if you watch the Kansas City Chiefs offense, it's very obvious this is not the offense of old. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it can happen. I think they can still get there. They need a couple guys to uh, come about a little more. You know, like this is a season I thought Tyreek Hill would have a little bit bigger of a season. Uh, Travis Kelsey there, you know, he goes quiet at times. Even Patty Mahomes, like, you know, he hasn't had as many 350 plus three touchdown games. It just seems a little different. They're winning right now more so because of their defense when before it was more so because of their offense. And I still don't fully buy into this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yes, they are playing better, but I still think they are very opportunistic and have not been going against the best offenses in the world. And even if they have, they've been missing players like the Dallas Cowboys when they were missing CD and Cooper. And, you know, they've just been put in very good spots. This you know, the Las Vegas Raiders should be very hungry after losing by around 30 points to their division rival. Their season is sinking. And for me, I just feel like if they're going to go out, they're going to go out with a fight. One of the biggest factors in this one is definitely Darren Waller and if he's going to play or not. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on leading up until kickoff. If Darren Waller is in, I for sure like the Raiders. I, I love that plus nine and a half. I think they cover that. I think that's way too many points. The only time that the Kansas City Chiefs have really covered a spread like that at home was against the Denver Broncos last week. And I, we all saw what Teddy Bridgewater, um, I was I was questioning if he was shaving points, honestly, but no, not really. He was just he's just terrible. But again, I don't expect that to happen with the Raiders, especially if Darren Waller is in the game. And then oddly enough, even if Darren Waller doesn't play. 
something still tells me that this Las Vegas Raiders team will cover this spread. It's, it's just too much. It's it's again, it's a rivalry game. It's going to be a little colder. The Kansas city chiefs have been playing slower football. They've been relying more on their defense, you know, and it has, it's been like these 24 to 10 type type games. You know what I mean? And if that's against the Las Vegas Raiders with Josh Jacobs, they're able to run the football a little better. I think the Raiders find a way to keep this close, especially with Derek Carr. He's someone who takes these personal. I don't think Derek Carr is that great of a quarterback, but he is definitely someone where he has those games where he just turns it on. He definitely just turns it on. And I could definitely see this happening against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm going to be with the Las Vegas Raiders plus nine and a half in this one. And I do have another pick here and I'm going to talk about it. And I've kind of gone back and forth on it. So uh, I'll just talk about it and you guys can kind of decide what you think. And then is the Seattle Seahawks going against the Houston Texans? I have it written down as the Seattle Seahawks minus seven and a half right now. But again, I do go back and forth on it because is Seattle a team that should really be getting seven and a half or more right now, even if it's against the Texans? I don't know, but let's discuss it because in this game, quarterback Davis Mills is going to be starting. Okay. As a starter this year, Davis Mills is 0 and 6, and he has seven touchdowns, two, eight interceptions. And the key number for me in this one is the fact that the Houston Texans have averaged 10.2 points per game in those starts. Okay. That's just absolutely brutal. That means it, essentially, okay, let's say they get 17. Okay. Can we see the Seahawks getting 27 on the Texans? Yeah, I probably could. And that's what kind of forced me to, to go there, I guess you could say. Um, and then, I mean, because you look at the Houston Texans offense, they really don't have a weapon other than Brandon Cooks. You know, Davis Mills doesn't have a ton to throw to, you know, he, for even himself being an average quarterback. So the, the mix just isn't that good. You know, the Seattle Seahawks beat, they looked rejuvenated last week, beating the San Francisco 49ers. And isn't it crazy how those spreads come out? And like, I talked about it. I was like, man, that San Francisco spread looks too good to be true and watch what Seattle does. And it, it's crazy. It's almost like it's planned sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know. Either way, they did end up getting it done. And it would have been even worse if Gerald Everett did not turn the, he, I think he fumbled three times in that game. So keeping the 49ers in it and the 49ers still lost uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf got it going a little bit. I think he had like five receptions, four receptions for 60 yards, something like that, a little bit more. So again, turning on um, again, this Texans team is just that bad, I think. And if Davis Mills is averaging 10.2 points per game in those starts, then I would be potentially siding with the Seahawks in this one. I still go back and forth on it. I still do. And that's why it's hard for me to make an official pick. And uh, I had it written down. So I just wanted to maybe talk about it and get your mind going on it a little bit. But I think for me right now, currently, I am still going to side with the Seahawks here. If this were a, If this was a line that were to climb up, you know, then maybe I would consider the Texans a little more. I understand the Texans are terrible, but like I said, the Seahawks are just one of those teams where should they really have a minus seven and a half spread next to their name right now? I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of a, that's kind of a tough one for me. So for me, I would probably be siding with the Seahawks here, but it is subject to change going forward because you never know what can happen. And then the last game that I wanted to talk about well, I actually have two, and I'm just going to talk about them. These aren't official picks to get your mind going. One was 
the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are getting plus three and a half. And that's just one I know the people are going to be hammering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to hammer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with that one, especially at three, at three and a half, whatever it may be, especially with that Buffalo Bills performance, you know, against the Patriots. The, the Buffalo Bills had every opportunity to win that game and they just didn't get it done. But it's another one of those, those situations where the Bills back is completely against the wall going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's one of those situations where I would not be surprised at all if the Bills came out and covered this spread. Even, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they won. Even if the Bucs win this game. I just expect it to be a dogfight. I, I really expect the Bills to go down swinging. And, you know, again, it's this game sets up better for the Bills than it did the New England Patriots game did because, and again, an alarm should have maybe went off in my head when I was writing up, when I was writing this game up. But again, they had every single opportunity. They just didn't get it done. In this game, they're in good weather. They're in Tampa Bay. The Buffalo Bills like to spread it out. They like to throw the football. They like to run out of the shotgun. They like to get Josh Allen out on the edge. They like to give him opportunity to run. And I think all of those opportunities are going to be in Tampa Bay. You know, they're going to be able to pass the football. They're going to be able to run a little bit more. It, it, it Again, it sets up better for this Bills team than it even does in Buffalo. I don't know, like the makeup of this team right now does not fit in Buffalo. They fit more in like a Vegas, an LA, they fit in more of a dome, not an outside where it's going to be snowing and rainy and cold as hell. Like they didn't make this Bills team correctly, I believe. But now they're going against Tampa Bay where they're going to be getting three and a half or Bills team, uh, a really good Bills team to be getting three and a half like that. I Get they didn't showcase themselves that well last week, but getting three and a half against the Bucks here, I think that's a pretty good spot. And again, not really making it an uh, official pick. These are ones that were kind of on my mind and I'm going back and forth. But right now I'm somewhat siding with the Bills and I'd love to hear what you guys think as well. And then the last one of the week, this line has actually kind of swayed and it's something to think about going forward as well because the Cincinnati Bengals are plus one and a half going against the San Francisco 49ers. And that is a lot of that has to do with Joe Burrow and his finger. How well can he move the, can he throw the football? I love the Bengals. I want to side with them here, but something tells me that Joe Burrow might have to miss this game, especially based on the line movement and how San Francisco is now giving points. So again, Wanted to speak on that very briefly. Keep that in your mind going forward, because if you believe Joe Burrow is not going to play, I would take that San Francisco 49ers line earlier rather than later. Okay. And that's it, guys. That, are the, that is the week 14 picks and plays. We are going to go over those one more time. And we are starting off with Thursday night football. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Minnesota Vikings. I have the Vikings minus three. We have the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to face off against the Washington football team. We have the football team plus four and a half in that one. We have the Atlanta Falcons traveling on the road to get, go against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are minus two and a half. And that's where we're going in that one. From there, we have the New York Giants going on the road to face off against the L.A. Chargers. We have the Chargers minus 10. We have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling on the road to go against the Kansas City Chiefs. We have the Las Vegas Raiders plus nine and a half. And then our last pick that I was kind of going back and forth on, we have the Seattle Seahawks facing off against the Houston Texans. Right now, the Seahawks are minus seven and a half. 
Currently, I'm with the Seahawks, but as always, guys, this is recorded on a Tuesday and a lot can change throughout the week. So I am giving you my early likes and the early lines. It is up to you to track until kickoff. Okay, guys, so let's bounce back. I'm sick of this. Two bad weeks in a row. I'm sorry. I I did put a good amount of research into this and I do every week. You know, some weeks you got it, some weeks you don't. But Again, week 14, we are looking to bounce back. We are looking to get back in that green. And I just got to say good luck. And thank you, as always, for tuning into the Detroit Sports Betters podcast. I am Matt Koalas, and I am out. Have a great day, everyone.